the first six chapters of the book of Daniel were written to encourage the Jews who had been taken into Babylonian captivity by Nebuchadnezzar as a part of God's judgment on Israel from turning away from him to false gods. Nebuchadnezzar went in, besieged the city of Jerusalem, and in 605 carried them into Babylonian captivity. It just so happened that in that group of Jews that were led into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, there were four young men. They were somewhere between 16 and 18 years old. And when they got into Babylon and got into captivity, Nebuchadnezzar said to the people in the courts of his court, he said, now, I want you to look up some of the finest young Jewish men. And I want you to bring them into our courts, the king's court, and I want you to train them in the ways of the Chaldeans and the language and the Babylonian culture for three years. I want you to get the best. And I want you to bring them and let's train them. And so they did. And these four young men... One of them was named Daniel. Now the Hebrew names of the others was uh, Meshach. And a name of the other one was Azariah. And the name of the other one was Hananiah. Well, when they got them into the Babylonian court, they changed their names to a Chaldean or Babylonian names. So instead of the biblical names, it was Daniel it was Shadrach, it was Meshach, and Abednego. For three years, they trained in the Chaldean court, and the court of the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, early in the process, the, the king's court master came to them and said, listen, for the next three years, we want you to eat, eat the best food in Babylon, drink the best wine, and so we, we find this over in uh, verse 5 of Daniel 1. I want you to listen to what it says. And the king appointed for them daily provision of the king's delicacies, delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them in the end that, of that time they might serve the king. Now, of course, among those was Daniel and their Chaldean names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right. So they pointed to these three young men and said, now, you can eat the finest food, drink the finest wine. But guess what? Daniel said, that's not what we want to do. And down in verse 8 of Daniel chapter 1, but Daniel purposed in his heart, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile him. Now, now God had brought Daniel into favor in the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. So they said, listen, we, we, don't, we don't want to go that way. We don't want to go that way. 
and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they agreed with Daniel. They said, we, we do not want to eat the delicacies of the king. We don't want to drink his wine. We don't want to embrace the culture of Babylon. We want to embrace our Jewish culture. And that needs to be the guide, even though we're in a foreign land. Well, now, let me tell you what happened to them. They got great favor with the king. Daniel was placed permanently in the court of the king. But now get this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were made rulers over three provinces in Babylon. Now, think about this. Four Jewish young men, one sitting in the king's court overseeing all the other people, and the other three over three major provinces in, uh, in, in Babylon. Well, they had wrote, risen to great place of power and a great place of influence. And they had great, great favor. But you know, that all changed. That all changed. From a great place of favor with the king, soon Daniel was to be thrown into a den of lions. Wow. Going from favor in the king's court to thrown into a den of lions? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, from a place of governing over three provinces with the great favor of the king, were soon threatened and were thrown into a fiery furnace. Wait a minute. How do you go from the favor of the king to a fiery furnace? And how do you go from the ruler of, a, of uh, the king's court? How do you go to a den of lions? How could that happen? And how could it happen so quickly? Well, I think to answer that, we just need to take a look at these four men. And we let, the, we let the scripture tell you who they were and how they got to the den of lions and to the fiery furnace. You see, these four young men were devoted followers of Jehovah. They worshiped diligently the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were faithful to their God. And because of that, God Bless them in every way. Their devotion to God was seen in their refusal to adapt or adopt the Babylonian culture. There they were living in Babylon. But you know what they refused? They refused to let Babylon get in them. They refused to adopt the culture and the lifestyle of the Babylonians. They said no. We're going to continue with the lifestyle and the culture of Yahweh, our God, that we worship and that we serve. And they resisted the culture of Babylon and continued in the culture of their God. Now, I want to just make this personal today. Do you know there's tremendous pressure on those of us who are worshipers of Jehovah, Yahweh. There's tremendous pressure on us who are worshipers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's tremendous pressure on us who 
honor Jesus Christ as Savior and confess him as Lord. You know the pressure on us is to adopt the American culture and to choose the lifestyle of the American culture instead of the lifestyle of the Christian faith and of the Word of God. Now, there was a time that some, in some degree, the American lifestyle had moral values and was morally strong. But today, if you adopt the culture and the lifestyle of America, then you become humanistic and you become secularistic. Our major colleges, our educational process, our institutions of all kinds are based purely on humanism. And humanism is another name for atheism. They've rewritten the textbooks to take God out. They don't talk about the pilgrims. They don't talk about the Mayflower Compact. They don't talk about the people kneeling and planting a cross right there in Virginia Beach. They don't talk about any of that. Now, it's all about man. In fact, in the Humanist Manifesto, it says, no deity will save us. We must save ourselves. How arrogant can they be? And, and you know what, what they say, by the way? There are no moral absolutes. No moral absolutes. Nothing that's right in itself or wrong in itself. In fact, the situation determines if it's right. And the situation determines if it's wrong. It's called situational ethics. So here we're raising our children and we're living in the midst of a culture that is humanistic and denies the word of God and the glory of God and is secularistic and wants to remove God from every aspect of American life. And so they say to us, now look, you need to adapt to the American culture. You, you need to adapt to the American lifestyle. All I got to, to say about that, that will never happen. Amen. No way. No way. They say, but you know, you've got to be tolerant. You've got to be tolerant. The people that are telling us to be tolerant are the most intolerant Amen. people I've ever seen in my life. They're tolerant as long as you believe with them. When you don't intolerant, when you don't agree with them, they say you're intolerant, intolerant, hatred, a bigot, homophobic, or whatever you want to call it. Hey, they talk about tolerance. They don't even know what it is. Now, I learned something from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. You can live in Babylon, but you don't have to adopt the Babylonian lifestyle. You don't have to adopt the Babylonian culture. In fact, the Bible tells us not to. Did you know the Bible makes it clear that we're not to adopt the culture and lifestyle of this world? Let me give you some verses. Over in the book of 1 John, no, no Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now listen to this. It tells us not to be conformed to this world now. And, and listen, there was pressure on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Just join in with us, man. Why aren't you eating the food we're eating? Why aren't you drinking the wine we're drinking? I mean, it was just all kind of pressure on them. They never gave in. But in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it tells us, now don't you let this world conform you into its image. And I want to speak to every person in here uh, under 20 years of age, teenagers and whatever. I want to speak to you right now. You're fighting a battle I didn't have to fight when I was growing up. 
But I'm telling you, you have, you have a battle on your hands. And if you don't come, uh, f- fall in line with the culture, I mean, you're just going to be out of step. You know that, don't you? But I tell you what, you'll please God if you don't do it. Amen. Listen to what the Word of God says in Romans 12, 1 or 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to, to, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world. What part of that do we not understand? Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't do it. It's called peer pressure. But it's much greater than peer pressure. It's government pressure. It's every other kind of pressure that say to the Christians, come on, man, loosen up. They don't understand. We're not going to loosen up. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a perfect, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, don't adopt the culture and lifestyle of a humanistic, secularistic society. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And then he goes on over and says, in 1 John chapter 2, he, he plainly says it. And, 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 and you've got to understand, it's never been a clearer choice. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, listen to what it says. Do not love the world system. Do not love and embrace the culture of America. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love this world system and you adapt to this world system and you adapt this world's, uh, adopt this world's culture, you don't love God. That's what it said. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. It is of the world. And listen to this. And this world system, this culture is passing away. But he that does the will of God abides forever. And by the way, the Bible says we can overcome the world. We can be just like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. We can be in Babylon, but Babylon doesn't have to be in us. And it says in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes Jesus is the son of God. So these young men were committed to, to the lifestyle and the culture of the Jewish faith. And it was a great culture. And they refused to allow the Babylonians to conform them to the culture of Babylon. And I'm saying to you, we, we know what humanism is. We understand it. We've been fighting it for 25 years. We understand what it is for a nation to be secularistic and to remove God out, out, out of their culture. And I am saying to you, there's no, we are not of this world, and this world is not our home, and we do not embrace the culture and the lifestyle of an ungodly world system. Amen. And the church is in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't live like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. We're children of God, and we march to a different drummer, and we refuse to march to the drummer of this world. 
But secondly, I want to talk to you about uh, how did these people go from favor, (laughs) from Daniel being over all the governors, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being governors, how did they go from such favor, from such favor to a fiery furnace and to a den of life? How did that happen? Oh, I'll tell you how it happened. They had a conflict with government. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They disobeyed the king. Well, you know, Nebuchadnezzar got all puffed up with himself. And he thought of himself more highly than I ought to think. He'd look himself in the mirror and say, there ain't nobody like you, buddy. I mean, that's just the way he was. So he decided to build a big golden statue out on the plain of Dura. And he, his command was this. When you hear the sound of the harp, the sound of the flute, the sound of whatever else it was, everybody is to bow down and to worship the image, the golden image made by Nebuchadnezzar. So they sounded the horns and the flutes and the harp, and everybody fell down and worshiped the idol. But three young men, really it was four, but Daniel didn't get caught right here. But three young men, you know who didn't bow down? Shadrach. You know who didn't bow down? Meshach. You know who didn't bow down? Abednego. So somebody went to the king. Hey, you know those three young Jewish boys that have been in favor and they've been governors of three promises? Hey, king, did you know that they did not bow down to the idol made of gold? And, and I want to tell you what happened. Nebuchadnezzar got in a rage. He got in a rage. In Daniel 3, it says, verse 1, go back over there. It says that he made the, the, the image of gold. In the verse, in first verse, it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. And then it goes on down in verse 4. And he said, then the herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, you shall fall down and worship the gold image the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And then it says in verse 6, And if whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fire. Okay. Well, they went to the king said, You need to understand you've got three people that aren't doing what you said. They're not obeying the government. He said, Okay, who are they? And they told him, Well, Let's go over in 15 of Daniel chapter 3. And it says here, he called them in. He called in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in verse 13 it says of chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar in a rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought them, these men, before the king. Is it true, Shadrach, in verse 14, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you do not serve my gods? Can I say one thing to the rulers of this nation? We're not going to worship your gods. That's not up for debate. He said, is it true that you will not worship my gods? 
and worship the gold image I have set up. Now, now he said, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the flute and the harp, bow down. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm going to put you in the fiery furnace. And he said, I want to ask you a question. Who, who, who is the God that's going to deliver you? Boy, he was arrogant, wasn't he? He said, buddy, you better bow down because your God can't deliver you. Your God can't deliver you. Your God's not big enough. He can't deliver you. Well, I love what they said. Would you listen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I'd like to have two million like them right now. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even need to answer you in this matter. It ain't up for debate for us. You ask us if we're going to bow down. We don't even have to tell you. You know we're not going to bow down. I don't, we don't even need to answer you. If that is the case, about being in the fiery furnace, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us out of the burning fiery furnace, and he shall deliver us from your hand, O king. Boy, did they ever more slap him in the face. Our God will deliver us, and I'll tell you what he'll do also. Uh, he'll deliver you, and he'll deliver us from your hand. But if not, he said, in case God doesn't choose to deliver us. You know, God sometimes delivers his children, and they never even have to go into the fire. At other times, God does not deliver his children. And they go through the fire. You say, why is that? Well, you talk to him when you get an opportunity. I can't answer that. But whatever he does is right. And it says here, but if not, let this is verse 18. Let it be known to you, king, we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the image which you've set up. They said, even if God does not deliver us, from the fiery furnace. We will not worship your gods, nor will we serve them. Well, so buddy, that was absolutely clear. So he got so mad. <laughs> he said, heat the furnace seven times hotter. Well, look, how I many hot has it got to be to get burned up? I mean, come on. <laughs> he was just so mad. Well, I'm going to make it real hot. And he said, make it seven times hotter. And they did. And they bound Shadrach and Meshach in their hands and their feet. And, and, the, and the people that took them over to the fiery furnace to throw them in, it was so heat it burned them up. They died throwing them in the furnace. Well, you know the rest of the story. Boy, it sure gets good. I tell you, I love this story. And so it, they threw them in the fiery furnace. And it says here, uh, and the three men in verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. Whoo! Somebody done snuck in the furnace. Oh, my Lord. He said, I see four men loose walking, the, walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Woo. Well, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, boy, I tell you what, he was getting humble real quick. 
Verse 26, he went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire and the satraps, I don't know what that is, but it sounds bad. And the satraps, the administrators, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men. It is. Woo! They saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and, and, and the smell of smoke was not even on them. Lord, have mercy. I mean, I mean, did God ever more step in and say, that fire's not going to touch you? Hey, by the way, you know, there's a promise that God said he would do that. You know where it's found? I love this. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Boy, you talk about a great promise. This is exactly what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Let me, let me read that to you. It says here, But now, thus saith the Lord who created you, this is Isaiah 43, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, have called you by your name, and you are mine. Hey, that ought to encourage us today. If you're a child of God, he's called you by your name and you belong to him. If you're a child of God, you're a child of the king. Hallelujah. And he's the right kind of king. And he says, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And listen to this. When you walk through the fire, You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. What? Oh, 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 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you remember that verse in Isaiah? I don't even know if Isaiah had been written in. (laughs) But you see, God absolutely delivered them from the fiery furnace, you know, and so, and the fact that they, uh, they, they honored God, the fact that they obeyed God, brought great glory and honor to God. Their lives glorified and honored to God. And our answer today to the government, if they pass a same-sex marriage, we say, well, we will not worship your gods. We will not serve them. And they say, well, we'll sue you. Well, go ahead. We'll put you in jail. Go ahead. But there'll always be a fourth man in the cell. They need to know that. <laughs> we'll never be in there by ourselves. And there'll be a fourth man in the fire. And uh, I'm telling you, God was greatly glorified by their obedience. God gets great glory when his children stand for truth and refuse to worship other gods. Look at Daniel 3, verses 26 through 30. Man, did, boy, God got glory. I'm telling you, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, who was wanting everybody to worship the uh, golden idol on the plain of Dura, now is extolling and glorifying the God of, 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 ne- of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we find it down in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 24. I want you to look at it. Then King, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And I've already read that, but he rose in, ha- in haste. And it says here, Uh, In verse 28, 
And Nebuchadnezzar spoke. Now listen to what happened when he saw three young men who obeyed God no matter what it cost them. Live or die, it didn't matter. They were going to obey God. If God delivered them, praise God. If God didn't deliver them, praise God. He saw that. God delivered them. And in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, Jesus, and delivered his messengers who trusted in him and have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god but their own god. So now he makes a decree that if anybody worships anybody but Jehovah, he's going to have them killed. I don't know about that, but this is what it says. Listen at verse 29. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Their houses shall be made an ash heap because there's no other God who can deliver like this. Woo! Man. See, when, when, when God's children stand, whether they are delivered from the fiery furnace are perishing the fiery furnace is not the issue. Regardless, great glory and honor comes to God when God's people refuse to bow to the idols of this world. And, and God honored the obedience of these three young men. Well, there, there's one little last one I want to touch before I finish. Then we get over to Daniel. Turn over to chapter 6. You know, Daniel was over all the people who ruled all the provinces. This guy was in power. But you know, they got jealous of him. And so they said, how in the world are we going to get Daniel in trouble? Now, I want you to look at verse 5. They said, the only way we can get him in trouble is if we get him something about his God. For the thing that really matters to Daniel is his, is his God. So in, in, in Daniel 6, 1 through 3, it tells us who Daniel is and, and how blessed he was. But then in verse 5, these men said, Daniel 6, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Daniel was living a holy life, a righteous life, a blameless life. And the most important thing to Daniel was Yahweh, Jehovah, and they said, if we're going to get to him, the only way we're going to get to him. And Darius was now king, by the way. Nebuchadnezzar was gone and Belshazzar was gone. The only way we're going to get to him is get something against his God. So they go to Darius. And they say, listen, Darius, let me tell you what we need to do. We need to pass a, a, a decree, a law. And it's called the law of the Medes and the Persians. Have you all ever heard about what the law of the Medes and Persians? It's right here in this book. And that's a law that could not be broken once the seal was put on it. They said, we want you to pass a decree that anybody who prays to any other God or any other being for 30 days other than you, that you put him in the lion's den. In other words, this is what we want you to do. Come on now, Darius, come on. Pass a law that if anybody prays to anybody other than you for 30 days, they go in the lion's den. And, and Darius kind of backed off a little bit. But then he said, okay, okay, and he signed it and, and said it was the law of the Medes and the Persians, you know, and it couldn't be broken. Well, they knew they had Daniel now. Well, Daniel heard that, and first thing he did when he got home, he did what he always did. Look at verse 10 in Daniel 
Now, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room with his window open toward Jerusalem. He knelt on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as his custom was since the early days. Don't you know when he got down to kneel the first time after they had passed that decree and the devil whispered in his ear, do you hear the lions roaring? You headed for the lion's den, buddy. Didn't phase Daniel. It didn't phase him. He just had the window open toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day calling on Jehovah. Well, they went and told Darius, Daniel's not obeying. He's not obeying. Well, this broke Darius' heart because he loved Daniel, but he couldn't violate the law of the Medes and the Persians. Well, I want to say one thing. I don't even know what the law of the Medes and Persians is, but I know what the laws of, of the land are, right? So they can pass any law they want to pass that ask us to violate the word of God, and the answer is no, we won't obey it, right? We ought to obey God rather than men. And there's a higher law than man's law. We don't live, we, we obey the laws of the land that are just and fair, and God told us to. But when they're unjust, and they ask us to disobey the God of heaven, we're going to be like Daniel. We're just going to open the window, and we're going to pray three times and praise God. Amen. And so uh, Darius didn't have any choice. He thought. Well, he didn't because the law of the Medes and Persians, that's a bunch of junk. But he went, and, and guess what they did? They threw Daniel in the den of lions. Darius couldn't sleep all night. He could not sleep all night. I wish God would wake the Supreme Court justices up so they couldn't sleep all night. I wish they'd have visions and dreams of what, a, what, it, what they would be doing if they voted to do away with the marriage that God ordained. Somehow they need to get the fear of God in their hearts. The fear of God. Well, he couldn't sleep, so the next morning he got up and ran down to see uh, how the Daniel, Daniel had done with the lions. Look at verse 19 of chapter 6. Then the king rose very early in the morning and went in, in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice and to Daniel. The king spoke, uh, saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you were continually, uh, who has, whom you have served continually, has he been able to deliver you from the lions? <laughs> then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Listen, it's not whether uh, whose side God's on. You better be sure you're on God's side. You see, God can deliver from a fiery furnace. If not, he'll give you grace. And God can shut the mouth of a lion. Hey, I mean, he's God. And he said, God has shut the mouth of the lions, and they could not hurt me I was found, because I was found innocent before him, and I've done no wrong. <laughs> Boy, the king was excitingly glad for him and commanded they should take Daniel up out of the den. So was taken, Daniel was taken out of, den, of the den, no injury. This is verse 23. Because he believed in his God. Now listen to what he did. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that uh, when you mess with God, the same judgment you want another person can come on you. You know that, don't you? 
So what he did was this. Look at verse 24. The king gave the command that they, and, and they brought those men who accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions and their children and their wives and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones and, and in pieces and they, before they ever came to the bottom of the den. You don't mess with God. The very instead of the lions eating Daniel, they ate these other guys. Let me say this. They went from favor to a fiery furnace. They went from favor to a lion's den because they disobeyed the government. Anytime religious freedom and government collide. The only choice government has is force. But they must understand this. There's something greater than physical force. It is the prayers of the people of God. And, and, and I'm like that uh, servant who said, to, I think it was Elisha, I forgot who it was. I can't remember all those Old Testament stories. But I, I, he was all afraid because he saw the other army. God said, open his eyes, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes, and around him he saw the host of God's army all around him. Listen, let the lions roar, let them heat the furnace up. But God's people will stand. We will stand. And we will obey God. And we will pray the power of God down upon government and upon this nation. The church has been asleep too long. We, the church has been at ease in Zion too long. We had money in our pockets, had a nice house, the air conditioner was working, and everything was fine. But no, everything wasn't fine. Are you listening to me now? Listen to me. Little by little, they were chipping away at the freedoms that God had given us. Little by little. But now they've crossed the line. They crossed the line when they, Roe versus Wade, legalized abortion. They crossed the line when they said, take God out of public life. They crossed the line when they said, we don't want any prayer before any public event. Now they're, they're fixing to cross the big line of, hey, marriage is not the way God said it was. Do you, do you know what they had the audacity to say? And I don't want to use bad words here. I mean, I'm not talking about cussing. But I, 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 if I said what I wanted to say, I'd call him an ugly name. And I'm not saying a cuss word. One, one of these guys that's a writer for the New York Times said, you've got to change your theology about homosexuality. That You've got to change what you say about that. You've got to rewrite it. Can I tell him one thing? You jump in the lake. And another one wrote and said, I'm looking forward to the day when it would be against the law to speak out against homosexuality from the pulpit. Well, then you mean we can't speak out against adultery? We can't speak out against bitterness? We can't speak out against unforgiveness? So what you're saying is we can no longer call homosexuality a sin. I got another thing for that, and I ain't going to say it. <laughs> I'm too mad to do it. I want to tell you right now, we're not a bunch of cowards. We're not a people who just worship God when the sun's shining. 
We're not two people who just follow God when everybody's cheering for us. No, we follow God and no one else does we follow God. And though we perish in the fire or in the den of lions, we will follow Jehovah God and obey him no matter what it costs. No matter what it costs. <laughs> and you say, Brother Fred, you... Brother Fred, you dig in your own hole and you dig in your own grave. Oh, I'm not. They can't touch me unless God allows it. And they can't touch you unless God allows it. I am not afraid of the government. I'm more afraid of God. And the Presbyterian denomination has already caved in. The Episcopalians have already caved in. Many religious organizations are caving in. But listen. Under God, we will not cave in. And there's a remnant of God's people who will not cave in. They have the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They have the spirit of Daniel. And they will stand with us. And we will stand until Jesus comes. Well, Pastor, you've been pretty dogmatic. Well, the government's dogmatic. We don't fear man, we fear God. 